Good afternoon, my name is Lorena and I'm here in the studio with Dr. Susanna Ishna from the ANU. Hi Susanna, thank you for your time today. Hello Lorena, it's lovely to be here in this um, beautiful studio. Thank you very much. So you have curated a fabulous exhibition, a very important one in my opinion, Communicating Endometriosis Through Art, Artists and Scientists Respond. So tell me all about this exhibition. Well, it has an immediate background from our study I did before with interviews with uh, women who have endometriosis to explore what actually drives their diagnosis. Is it the women themselves or is it circumstances, um, family or school, doctors, whatever? So I was exploring that and aimed to have 25 participants. When I had 13 I was kind of stuck and needed more and uh, got onto an organization called Ondo France which is a French endometriosis association and uh, they agreed to promote my study and that day I went to bed and the next morning I woke up looked at my phone and there were 13 new participants from France who had responded straight away. Oh, that's fantastic. That was amazing. Yeah, so that study turned out half Australian, half French. And um, people from that study migrated into this art project. So you've had a different sort of cohort of artists through varying mediums um, interpret we were discussing this before the interview, a stimuli or a piece of art that was created by someone suffering with endometriosis, mm. is that correct? Yeah, so the actual um, project is that uh, there are so-called primer works from people with endometriosis and response works from professional artists. So I work as an artist at times as well, sometimes as a lab scientist. So I went to to uh, contact some of my artist colleagues and ask them if they would be prepared to do very specific response works to these primer works from people with endometriosis. And that extended over large distances. So we had artists from Australia, France, Germany, New Zealand, Tahiti, UK. (laughs) What an international group you managed to um, rouse together. That's fantastic. Yeah, so that was very interesting. And we had these uh, complicated meetings on Zoom Mm. in these various time zones and arranged ourselves to respond to the works that were there and shared them digitally and so got for each of the works from a person with endometriosis, be it an Australian or French person, we got a response to that and sometimes more than one. So for some of our listeners who have probably heard of the term endometriosis but aren't too sure what it is, could you perhaps explain briefly what endometriosis is? It's a disease or some some people prefer to call it a condition. I tend to call it disease because we are hoping to find a medical response to it. So it's where some cells or other parts of the 
environment from the uterus seem to spread into all sorts of other body compartments, mainly the pelvis, but can go into other organs from there and basically wreak havoc everywhere it goes because it settles in and it grows blood vessels and nerves and all sorts of things that it shouldn't. Mm. It It's probably a normal process that fluid goes back from the uterus into the peritoneal cavity, so into the inside of the abdomen. Mm. (laughs) And uh, from there, it should really not do anything. It should just sort of die off and disappear slowly. But in this case, it settles in and grows, and then it responds to hormones and starts menstruating all on its own without even having a uterus around it and can spread and so it has some similarities even with things like cancer in some aspects it's not cancer at all you don't die from it basically but um uh it just has some mechanisms that make cancer spread and it makes also this endometriosis spread and um, it's hormone dependent, so um, it changes over time with how, when the hormones change, it will change mm. as well. It can be treated with certain f- ways to influence the hormones. Well, um, something you hear, or that I've heard, I've got friends who have endometriosis, is the acute pain um, people with the disease suffer through. Mm. And even with this extreme pain, they find it so difficult to garner any medical recognition of their disease. I know for one friend, she's in her 30s. It took her quite a long time to get the diagnosis of endometriosis and really impacted her everyday life. I think there was a point last year she couldn't work because she was in just so much pain. Why do you think for so long the medical community in society really as well, it's been a disease that hasn't been in the forefront? Or well understood? Yeah, there's several factors. Um, one is the historic idea that medical investigations are usually done with men. We are past these times now. Um, women were supposed to be a bit different in their heads and all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, like the word hysterical, it comes from the word for womb Mm -hmm. and so it was meant that women just can't deal with with things because they have these wombs Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a thing maybe hopefully mostly historical but the other factor is that endometriosis mimics other states and maybe illnesses so it could as I said before, it could have elements of a cancer process or elements of an inflammation, elements even of infection potentially. Mm. So it has all these symptoms that can vary from person to person. It depends on the hormones, as I said, also on maybe physical activity and diet potentially these things so it's very varied in many ways and complicated to treat there is not the one drug if there were one endometriosis pill then doctors would happily diagnose it all the time and give the endometriosis pill but it's not like this it requires a whole lot more effort and fiddling around and trying this and that is it something the medical community 
understand a little bit more or is it still quite a murky disease in the medical community to understand? Definitely murky is a good word Mm. I think yeah there's a lot more awareness now so uh, both on the patient side and the clinician side there would be women come into a practice and say I think I have endometriosis and uh, clinicians would say um, yeah that seems a good possibility then we will look into this as opposed to what they used to say very frequently before they said oh no all this pain is in your head and you should eat better and do more sport and (laughs) oh gosh that's terrible yeah so basically push this whole problem back onto women and that's why I like to call it disease too because it takes it it takes the responsibility a little bit away from women who have that to us as a community. And I think we are all in a way responsible for the diseases that occur to us around us. And um, I don't think it's the right thing to say, yeah, the people could be all perfectly healthy if only they would eat less butter or do more runs around the lake, things like yeah, this. Yeah, no, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your background. What sort of led you to going forth and making all these efforts to contact artists in France, artists from all over the world to put together this exhibition? What had led you to this point in your academic career? Um, I have done a number of different things in my life and I've lived in different countries so for me it's kind of natural to try and draw on all these resources because they are all kind of inside me as well in my my history but also I think it's important to realize that for example patients they are not a patient group they are all individuals and we really I think have a responsibility to look at all the particular circumstances that people are in and the bodies they are in and all this and the bacteria they might be exposed to we should take all that seriously and not just go and say oh we just look at this group and say yes or no they have this or not I think we have to be more careful and look at all different aspects and hear what they say and see what they do Mm. and how they make things artworks or music pieces how they express themselves and I think that's where the clinical aspect comes in we also have the research aspect which is more into that statistical kind of way to look at things make um, form groups of people that have this characteristic or that and then develop maybe drugs from that we need that as well Mm -hmm. but we need to also have that other side otherwise we have the drugs here and the patients on the other side Mm. kind of thing and then you know how do you bring them together because it's so complicated we can't say okay this is a person with endometriosis and here's the endometriosis pill it's not like this and I'm not sure if it ever will be so we have to be fantastic yeah a bit more um thorough instead of your making the connection between those two dichotomies I suppose yeah yeah and um, a bit more sophisticated in recommendations fantastic Mm -hmm. so people coming to your exhibition what will they see 
they see this very large glass panels and each glass panel houses a group that's made up of a primer work and response works. So the primer work is the work of any person who has endometriosis. Usually they like to identify as women and um, and the response works are from artists that either I knew directly or I knew colleagues of theirs and they basically um, volunteered to do that response work to a particular person. Some of them had endometriosis themselves just by statistical chance. Mm. Some, of course, have relatives or friends that have endometriosis. So a lot of people are aware of endometriosis now already. Some had no idea. (laughs) A couple of the artists are men, and uh, for them it was maybe even a little bit more of a hurdle to get into that brain space. But I said, don't think about endometriosis, just pick up from the artwork what you see Mm -hmm. and respond to that and don't think about the theory of endometriosis or anything like this because I wanted to go to that level, to that personal level, to get a response, just, you know, wake up something in a person that and see what it elicits, I suppose. Yeah. And there are varying mediums in which these artists have responded from the primer work. What different mediums will people see? In the exhibition, it's basically anything that is able to be photographed. At the opening event, we also had a screen there with films. So some of the people actually made uh, works that were not on paper or anything like this, but um, there was an actual film um, amongst these works, and one participant made a piece of music that got a response from a dancer. So all of that was a film, and there was a, a short dance film as well with just the dance. And a trapeze artist from France did a piece showing how she thought endometriosis is related to that strength that overcomes um, all sorts of problems like gravity or pain. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and in the exhibition that's now in the uh, S building at the ANU, you can see works that had been um, on paper in the different countries where they were made and photographed. Some were on canvas. There is one work that is uh, more or less a textile, almost sculptural relief work. There is another sculptural work. So basically anything that can be photographed is in that exhibition space, including actually the uh, soundtrack of that piece of music. Oh, fantastic. I suppose... It helps evoke differing emotions, all these different ways of interpretation, like the dance and the music maybe evokes a beauty These of the strength women have to really mm. withhold within themselves to go through and live with this disease. Was, is there a favourite piece of work of yours that you, in the exhibition, one that you really have enjoyed looking at? Uh, I would not really say that because they express different things it's Mm. not they express one thing which is endometriosis one has more like 
the aggression of the disease mm. in it. One has the loneliness of this isolation that you get when you constantly you have to cancel appointments you have mm. with other people or can't go to uh, parties or something like this. So uh, lose friends. Some people said that. So there's this loneliness. There's insecurity. There's um, just to be lost in space basically and all sorts of different aspects and so I like to see them as uh, even though there are quite a few, few like there are um, 12 works to look at I see it as just a glance on the variety that you get in people responding to that situation so it transforms a person when you have a chronic or persistent disease so your life changes and there's a time factor as well as an individual factor so I think it's an adventure to um, wander through the whole exhibition and and see all these different things that come up. Yeah and was that your intent to show the scope of living with disease, how the disease manifests, um, all those different factors that endometriosis is, it isn't just simply one symptom or one thing, it's a whole scope of things. I had a bit of an idea from the interview study before and I thought then it would be good to investigate all this without having the language in it that um, forms certain ways we have to express ourselves in because there are words for it but the space between the words isn't there and it's different for people who grow up speaking French from people who grow up speaking Australian English mm. so I thought there would be a few things to discover and some might be quite difficult to move into from the outside and maybe one doesn't recognize certain aspects and the exhibition has been for me amazing in that way also by again responses that the um, visitors to the exhibition gave by saying they felt this or felt that or or not so that enriches my experience again to to see what other people see in the works and that again relates to their own lives if they had experienced pain or experienced loneliness they would respond and understand much better so people visiting your exhibition and leaving what sense of feeling or thought would you wish people who come from leaving your exhibition you know what would you want them to sort of understand upon leaving and seeing your exhibition in my little speech at the opening event I quoted this idea a shared sorrow is a sorrow halved and a shared joy is a joy doubled so I think what I really wish people going away uh, from the expression from is that they think they are able to help by actually listening and looking and sharing the experience and then maybe do the next step as well and respond. And if we are scientists, we can go to the lab and uh, try and find 
causes and uh, medications and all this and if we are artists we can make artworks mm. if we can talk we can talk so everyone can do something and even just be there and not leaving people alone is i think a step in that direction to help recovering and maybe healing from that disease well thank you so much for all your efforts and for putting this exhibition together i think it really puts to the forefront such an important disease in women's health that really doesn't garner the recognition it deserves. I know amongst some of my male friends, when I mentioned endometriosis, some of them had a shrug and didn't know really what it was. So bringing it to the forefront is really important. So thank you so much. And how long will this exhibition be running for and where can people see it? It will be there until the end of October. Um, we might have a little gathering there on the in the last week on the Friday of people who have missed the opening event. Otherwise, yeah, it will be there and it will be used for some study groups at the ANU as well too. And whereabouts in the ANU school can people see the exhibition? It's the building's called R Triple S, which stands for Research Research School of social sciences. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Susanna Ilschner. Thank you, Lorena, that was my pleasure and I hope that we can spread the word a bit this way. It's fantastic. Thank you.